Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. That's right. It is Warriors this week. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, and we're with you here for the next three hours talking all things dubs on 95.7 The Game. And my, oh my, Whitey, uh, when we last spoke a week <laughs> ago on Saturday, incredible. Warriors were 3-2. and two. They were going on the road. They were playing Charlotte and Detroit and Miami, Orlando, and the Pelicans. And I think we thought, ah, Warriors have three and two, two and three. No, by no means, no. Whitey, did I think that the Warriors would go 0-5 on this trip. But yet here we are, an ugly 0-5, a developmental game last night against the Pelicans, which I think the Warriors are hoping washes some of the bad taste out of the mouths of the first four games of the trip, including a couple of ugly losses in Orlando and Detroit. Uh, but Whitey, good to be with you as always, and we'll just kind of start with how stunning it is to see the Warriors now ten games into the season, zero and six on the road, and three and seven overall, coming off a, an zero and five roadie with a lot of winnable games. The, the Dubs have not had a difficult schedule to this point of the season, Whitey. You're right, J.D. I was trying to sound the alarm Sunday. I had the privilege of being in for you while you were on 49er duty um, and doing pre and, and especially the, the, the post game after the loss to the Pistons. And I was trying to you know tell people, hey, something's not right here. And obviously it was a it was a day before Halloween. So, you know, fans were saying, you know what? Relax. It's still October. They're the champs. This will be fine. And here we are. Uh, how about this? Last night, the, the Warriors made NBA history and not the good kind. Uh, first defending champions in league history to start 0-6 on the road. It's easy, J.D., I think, to look at the Warriors right now and identify the issues. Primarily, they're not defending. Big drop-off when they get to the bench. Those are the biggest issues. There's a lot going on. The tricky part gets uh, it comes when you try to figure out, all right, well, how, how do you fix this? And clearly, Steve Kerr is looking for, for those answers as well right now. He really is, and he's hinted after both of the last two games, Orlando on Thursday and then the Pelicans game last night, that changes are coming to the Warriors' rotation. And I guess the question just right off the top of the program at 888-957-9570 is what should those changes be? Because we now got an opportunity, Whitey, to see everybody on the roster play over the the last couple of nights you know the veterans that took the night off last night and the young players all played 
and played respectably in New Orleans, played competitively in New Orleans, leading at the end of the first quarter. They were within... think two possession game in the final minute to 90 seconds yeah. and it looked at times like the Warriors might have a shot to win the game outright Whitey competitive with the young players out there on the floor playing together with the freedom that comes with playing together and, and not really any expectation of a, of a win or anything like that but how do those young players, the ones that Steve Kerr is going to choose to remain in the rotation with the Hall of Famers and the champions, how do they fit their game in the box of being productive when the minutes aren't going to be 25 to 35 a night and they need very specific very specific skill sets to be completed to help this team overall be successful and, and get back on a winning path. Once again, I think right now the key to this whole thing may be Jonathan Kuminga, and we'll get back to him. I know we're going to talk a lot about him today. I just want to point out something that I, anybody who watched the game is well aware of this, but still, we need to point out the fact that Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome were both, they were really good last night, J.D. I've been saying for the last week, hey, this Ty Jerome, he's a pretty good shooter. He's a pretty good player but they were both really good last night so they're probably going to get more minutes they're going to get a chance to show that this is real uh that this is not uh you know some kind of mirage but Kuminga does Kuminga now become one of the centerpieces of the second unit do you get to, to the point where you try to figure out wow do you start him and bring Wiggins off the bench that seems a little drastic but you know you got to look at everything right now uh, as poorly as this team is playing but I think the road forward and it's pretty clear from the way Steve Kerr is talking about it. They feel like they have an opportunity to improve if they can figure out how to get Jonathan Kuminga playing better. Yeah, I mean, Steve Kerr all but said it last night. Kuminga is going to get an opportunity. Now, I do think it, it should be pointed out, and we've done it on this program, Kuminga did get an opportunity to begin the season. He was in the rotation for the first two-plus games And really, by game number three, Steve Kerr had completely pulled him out of the rotation because Kaminga was not doing the things that that the coaching staff wanted him to do in terms of playing with energy and effort and trying to fly around like he did last night, trying to rebound the basketball, just just really playing aggressive and giving the Warriors a a jolt of energy. I I think it's sort of on social media and and on some of the, the talk shows, it's been miscast as... Kaminga hasn't gotten a true opportunity. That that's actually not true. He he did get an opportunity and he squandered that opportunity in the first two or three games. Now it appears, and I think rightfully so, that he is going to get another opportunity because other players, I think Jamichael Green, for the most part, has played so poorly that that it warrants Kaminga get another shot. And so I think, yeah, him at the four over Jamichael Green feels like the one thing that you can pencil in as a pretty sure bet. As you start to look at at other potential questions, options, a few I jotted down, Whitey, from the postgame last night just very quickly, he telegraphed the Kaminga part. Is it Kaminga for Jamichael Green or is it Kaminga with Jamichael Green? And maybe James Wiseman is playing less or not at all. I mean, how could you do that at this point? Ty Jerome's going to play, I think, until Dante DiVincenzo's back. And then Jordan Poole is a super sixth man. He's just got to get his game back on track. He played poorly last night. And really, uh, if the Warriors had gotten a 
a high-end Jordan Poole game, they might have won mm-hmm. outright in New Orleans. He did have 20 points, but it was inefficient and just not not a great effort for Jordan Poole as he really struggled for the entirety of, of that road trip. But Anthony Lamb was the other one because Anthony Lamb, if, if he's somebody that can be a knockdown shooter – he doesn't seem to make a lot of other mistakes on the court, and I know he is a two-way player, but he seems to fit what the Warriors do, and they need just steady playmakers and or shooters on that bench unit right now. Yeah, what we're getting at really is how difficult this whole two-timeline plan is. You're right, Kaminga's had opportunities, and he hasn't played well when he's had those opportunities this year. And last year, he apparently squandered opportunities by not taking care of his business off the floor. That's been alluded to. We don't know all the details there, but it is on record that something, he came up short in in some of those areas. But I understand what people are saying when they say, oh, he needs more of an opportunity, and that's why it's so tough, as we know. If you had a bad team, you know, Kaminga last year, and a bad team would have been playing 35 minutes a game, would have had a chance to grow and play through some of those growing pains and a team that's trying to win you just don't have that that much leash so when you get the chance you got to play well and that's why we've been going back and forth you got the chance you didn't play well you you lose your chance we got to give you another chance it's difficult that's why this I don't think other teams have tried this the Warriors are trying to do something that I don't think anyone has ever done. And it gets back to when they had those picks. The second pick, they pick uh, Wiseman. And then the seventh pick, they take Kuminga. They were figuring, we need superstars there that are going to be our next core, part of our next core. So rather than take players that probably were safer bets, they took players with more upside, higher ceilings, lower floors. Right now, Wiseman's looking like, long ways to go. Right now, it looks like, wow, that, that may have been a miss. And I know Bobby's going to you know check in here, and I know people are rolling their eyes. Why well, he's coming after Wiseman again? But you got to look at how poorly he's playing and how poorly he's fitting in to 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 the way they're playing right now. So that's the danger of this with Kaminga and Wiseman. They really need more out of Kaminga because the way this is all set up is for them to get a lot more out of Kaminga and Wiseman than they're getting right now. And I think it, it really does play to, and you see this last night, when a lot of these guys are out there on the floor together – it's just so much easier to – the Warriors were essentially the Pistons last night. The Warriors were the Rockets last night. The Warriors were Orlando last night where there was no expectation to win. It was just go out and, and play your game and get yours. And it's you can see that there are a lot of talented young players on this Warriors roster. It's how do they get those players to channel some of what they're able to do when they get the longer leash – in the smaller opportunities that exist within the rotation of of a team that's trying to win an NBA championship. And I think that's where this thing has been amiss. I'm fine with going out and drafting high-end talent, Whitey, and, and, and trying to develop it. But I think where there is a disappointment right now, potentially, and I think the Warriors knew what they what they signed up for, but where there is a little bit of a disappointment is that some of these players have not been able to be, really all of them have not been able to be, to be effective role players yeah. while they develop into what may wind up being a, a future core years down the line. I thought last night... 
was another disappointing night for Wiseman and for his backers because, as you point out, it was a night for the young players to get out and run and yeah. play a little loose. And free. and he didn't play much. And I know some of that is matchups. Uh, but he only played, what, Wiseman last night, 16 and a half minutes, one for one. And that was one of those nights where you'd like to see him shine. So they've got a lot they're trying to figure out with him. And obviously, they're a long ways from saying, no, it's not working. But the early results, obviously, are not encouraging. It's a great point you make. You bring in a young player, you're going to be a star someday, we hope. But right now, you're not that. We're, we're grooming you to be a caddy for these guys. Then you'll get your chance. That's not easy to do. And you can clearly see um, Kuminga especially struggling with that. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week here on 95.7. The game phone line's open. The Xfinity Mobile text line is open as we are with you here until 1 o'clock today talking all things Warriors. Warriors now 3-7 and seven on the season. They're 0-6 on the road. They're 0-5 on this road trip to Charlotte, Detroit, Miami, Orlando, and last night the Pelicans. And the Warriors have lost their first six games on the road to start a season for the first time since, and this is an ugly one, for the first time since the 1997-98 season. The 97-98 season, Whitey, uh, that was was when Latrell Sprewell uh, choked P.J. Carlissimo, and that team ended up 19 and 63. Huh. On, so it was the last time the Warriors did huh. this to begin a year on the road. It was an ugly, 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 ugly season. Yeah. And, and I think you've made this point already, but these, these teams they've been playing, this has been an easy schedule. The schedule's given them an opportunity to get off to a pretty good start. The three teams they've beaten are, are, are struggling. The three teams have beaten, well, the Kings and the Warriors and the Heat are something like, eight and 17 combined. And then, you know, you go on this road trip, as you mentioned, we talked about it last week, uh, opportunities here. I was honestly, physically a little bit stunned at the end of the Orlando game. Um, I was surprised by the other games, but that was the one to me. I remember watching the end of that game and the shot they got off at the end with Clay kind of throwing the ball at the basket on the baseline. And I really thought, well, they were going to pull that one out against that team. So that, to me, was the most stunning of these these stunning losses on this road trip. So, so you guys are telling me the last time they were this bad, a fight broke out behind closed doors. Is what you're saying? Well, well yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so, something like that. Uh, so, what what would the changes be for you, Whitey? As far as I mean, Steve Kerr alluding to the changes. What what has to change? I think the one thing we can probably both agree on is more Kaminga, at least in the short term. Is it more Kaminga over Jamichael Green, who has not played well, or is it more Kaminga and you're still playing Jamichael Green, but you're playing them together? Uh, on a 4-5 line that, that doesn't feature Wiseman, and, and maybe Wiseman winds up a little bit on the outside looking in right now in terms of playing time. I mean, that's the one thing that really is difficult for me is to think, you know, Wiseman isn't playing a lot as is. Everybody got their run last night, and he didn't play well. Right. He came off the bench in, in 16 minutes. Can you really get now to a – like, how does he develop if he's only going to play eight minutes a ha- eight minutes a game or, or even maybe not play at all for a while? Does, does, does Wiseman get the Kaminga treatment moving forward here as Kaminga reenters the rotation? Yes. If, if I'm making the decisions, yes, because – couple of things when Wiseman comes in the defensive drop off is noticeable especially if he's on the floor with with Poole you, know, you got a guy who can't stop the ball and then a guy behind him that has issues 
uh, protecting the rim without fouling. And I'm not like going after Wiseman. I hope he ends up being, you know, a great player. I got some of his rookie basketball cards. So I hope he's a great player because they're going to soar in value. So I'm rooting for him. But you see what happens. And going back to the Detroit game, JD, and I don't know how much of that. Yeah, I'm sure you probably watch it the next day. Isaiah Stewart. His eyes lit up when he saw Wiseman on the floor. And some of that's because, you know, same draft class. But he went right after him. And the same thing against Orlando. You saw guys like Wagner. When teams see Wiseman on the floor, they know that this guy is a foul machine. We have to attack him. And he's really a weak link in the Warrior defense right now. I noticed this, too, against Orlando. You know, there's there's been, over the years, many games, in, in my opinion, where a team would fall behind against the Warriors, and then they knew that, well, we can't beat these guys. The Warriors were, and I know it was on the road, so it's a little different when a team is home against the Warriors, but the Warriors were up 16, and Orlando, to me, they've played like, these guys don't defend well, so we we just keep attacking, we're going to get our chances. The Warriors have lost that mojo that intimidates teams because they don't defend right now. They can get it back. I'm not saying this is a disastrous season to be, but right now that's what I noticed. Teams are playing against the Warriors with a lot more confidence than they used to because they don't fear the Warriors defensively. I think you raise a great point, and and part of the issue as well is, and I think this relates back to to the two timelines. Why are the Warriors not playing well defensively? Well, it's twofold. The starters, in my mind, and the players that are coming off a championship, the future Hall of Famers, to me, those guys are going through a little bit of the championship hangover where they know they're super talented and connected, especially on the offensive end, playing together. And I think they're trying to do what we've seen a lot of other teams around the league try to do during the course of a season. A lot of really good teams, now teams over the years that maybe haven't been able to beat the Warriors, but good teams, they, I think that that group is hoping to and wants to and is trying to coast at the beginning of the season and win games essentially only with their offense. And you know, it's not working right now in part because when those players are not playing together the defense gets even worse. So like they, they kind of know how well they have to play. The fouling has been an issue, but they know how they can come out in, in front, when to pick their spots collectively, let's say, to, to make a move defensively and, and come out ahead. But then you start mixing in the younger players who really have to be going full bore because they're trying to show out and trying to fit in, and those players are just not capable. So you have the coasting veterans defensively with the incapable younger players because of inexperience or not a full understanding of the system, and you add it all up right now, and it just winds up being a net negative. And I'll, I'll give you another one, too, Whitey. There have been a few times in the early part of the year where it does seem like the Warriors, and we've seen this down the stretch in some of these games, where the veteran players are trying to turn it on. All right, let's flip the switch. This is when it's go time, and they just don't have it. And I think that is a lack of invincibility that had been there previously yeah. to where even a team like Orlando mm-hmm. late in the game w- with not a lot of offensive options and a, and a really, really young team, they're confident that 
that they can ha- they can still win the game because the Warriors can't put them away even when they're trying now, which is a little bit alarming. Yeah, that was a sobering moment. The last, what, seven and a half minutes against Orlando where clearly the Warriors were aware, okay, we're probably not going to play our best players tomorrow night against uh, New Orleans, so we got to win this game. So last seven and a half minutes, let's put the starters back in. And they couldn't seal the deal. Um, so they really were clearly uh, gunning for that win. I also think I- I've heard a lot of talk about the, the Warriors, their body language, they, they don't play with a lot of joy, a lot of confidence. These guys, especially the veterans, they know what, what a good team is. They know what it's like to be on a really good team. And I think they right now they feel like they, we are not a good team. The starting unit has been, I think the starting five has been, depending on your metric, uh, the most efficient five-man unit in the NBA this year. But as a team, I think they're playing like they they just don't have a lot of confidence that as a team right now they're going to be able to take care of business at both ends of the floor. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. Let's get to the phone. Skills in Vallejo here on a Saturday morning on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Skills. Skills. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning, Whitey. It's good to be on with you again. John, what you just said about uh, the Warriors integrating all these people, trying to get them in with the program and stuff, these new guys, uh, you hit, you're hitting it around the head. It's pretty much what I called Whitey last week and explained one, one of the things that was going on wrong with this team. You're trying to win a championship, supposedly, and you're trying to develop young guys and teach young guys at the same time and integrate uh, the veterans like Green and DiVincenzo and all that. It, I, I, I went back and I looked through recent champions and near champions. I couldn't find any example of anything like that that actually worked the way the Warriors are trying to do it right now. Uh, I think the closest I came was maybe the 97 Rockets who had three superstars, and then they tried out a bunch of CBA guys, and they got to the conference finals, and that was it. And then the Spurs, of course, tried to do it with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, they tried to go for uh, rebuild for their next set of championships with uh, Duncan and Robinson and all those guys going out. And the Leonard thing kind of worked for one season, and then uh, you know we all know how that turned out. So the Warriors got a lot of problems right now. Kaminga and Wiseman are just not where they need to be, as you guys have discussed. Um, I'm hoping they can turn things around soon. Thanks, Skills. Thanks for the call, Skills. Yeah, good good stuff there. Uh, I mean, the other thing is Jamichael Green hasn't played well. Like, I, I think the Warriors did believe on paper coming into the season that, yes, the young players were going to play more than they did last year, and the Warriors wanted that. But I also think even though they lost Gary Payton the second, and even though they lost Otto Porter Jr., that, that Jamichael Green and Dante DiVincenzo would be – enough of a veteran presence in between the six players that you know are going to play, the six core players and the young players. And Jermichael Green hasn't been good, and Dante DiVincenzo's barely played due to injury. So they haven't really hit in that vein either with the guys that were supposed to sort of help bridge that gap the way that that GP and, and Otto Porter did in the championship season a year ago. When you look at the guys that aren't here anymore, um, it's um, it's it's a little stunning, and I understand why they're not here. And the Warriors were against it. You know, fiscally they couldn't keep everybody. Last year, Otto Porter Jr. is a really good player, 
and it was the perfect circumstances. He needed to prove that he was healthy enough to play for a season. The Warriors needed what he had to offer. Let's work something out short term. And he was really good. Now he goes on to Toronto and makes more money. Peyton was, they were lucky, right? Because anybody could have had him. Um, the veterans didn't want him. They wanted Avery Bradley and they kept him. And he was phenomenal last year. Now he's hurt right now. So I'm not saying they should have kept him. But my point is they're not getting from their bench the things they got from their bench last year. Even JTA and D Lee. And we know JD people, you know, for years, oh, Lee is terrible. Damian Lee's awful. But with those two guys last year, you knew you were going to get a certain level of play from them at the very least, and they knew the system and knew what they were doing. So there's a huge drop-off bench-wise. Last year, everybody beginning of the year was playing so well. Even Iguodala played well beginning of the year. And by the way, maybe you could have used that roster spot on someone, J.D., who could actually play for you this year. They're going to have to use their open roster spot, I think, the way this thing is going, to, to add maybe a four or five type of a big yeah. unless they can have somebody step into to, to that role. And I know they're hoping that Wiseman is the, the backup center and almost has to play on a night in night out basis, just based on the numbers game, whether he's effective or not, do the Warriors go away from that? I, I think it, it remains to be seen, but I also think with that one open roster spot that they have, if they can't figure out, Somebody that that can, you know, if Jamichael Green's playing like he has come February, if Wiseman is still somebody that would be a playoff uh, unplayable, because that's, you know, it's you have to look at this in terms of development on one hand, but then on the other hand, you have to look at it as can these guys play in the playoffs? And right now, Wiseman would not be playing a second in the playoffs because the Warriors would be fearful that they'd be getting wrecked in, in those minutes to a point where, where maybe it impacts a game. And, and if you lose one or two of those games, it might send you home. So they may have to look at a veteran that can help fill some yeah. of the Otto Porter, Bielitsa-type role from, from last year. Paul in Union City next here on Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Paul. Hey, what's going on, guys? So, yes, I agree with the, 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 the backups coming in last year really helped a lot. But I still say that the biggest drop-off was losing GP2. I really thought that they should have actually kept him out of everybody that, that left the team. They should have kept him, not just because he had great defense, but that energy that he brought when he got onto the actual floor was more than I've seen any other player actually do. And it brought the rest of the team up. Their defense uh, raised up everything, energy levels, performance. Everything went up just because he was out there performing the way he was. And I don't think they have anybody on the team right now, anybody, that actually has that energy that can just elevate everybody's performance and defense up. But that defense that he had was just, he was a lockdown on whoever their best player was. But they don't have that anymore. And I really feel that when they let him go, I was like, oh, crap, there goes their defense. It's, it's basically going to take such a drop-off. And with all the new guys, they don't have anyone to come in off the bench, you know, to actually lighten up that whole, you know, not just the, the players, the crowd and everything. So, I'm pretty, you know, that's just kind of, you know, how I view it. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. And and to that point, I mean, Gary Payton II hasn't played yet for Portland right. and set to make his debut around the middle of the month. Uh but, yeah, he, he had surgery in the offseason and, and has missed time. So, so Gary Payton, the second white, he wouldn't be helping the Warriors right now anyway. But they do miss what he brought yes. 
last season. Yes, and he brought them uh, a sense of swagger, too, that is lacking. Here, I think, is one of the great fears for the Warriors right now. The Warriors have been winning in part because of this culture that they have uh, cultivated. We we had I was on with Dibs yesterday. We had Boach on. Boach talked about you know how important culture is. I know for some it's a buzzword, blah blah blah, but it is important and it's been a big part, an important part of what the Warriors have done. To me, the Warriors' culture of selflessness was cemented when Andre Iguodala said, "Yeah, you want me to come off the bench? I will do that." He wins a Finals MVP coming off the bench. To me, that that set the tone for the the organization about this is our culture of selflessness. My fear is that when Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole, that culture was shattered. I hope not, and it's too early to say that, but with everything going on right now, it's something that I'm keeping an eye on. And when you're 3-7, and seven, yeah. you do have to start keeping an eye on some of the, the negative you know the negativity from from things that may be going on within a team yes. to to seep back in a big part of why the warriors believed they could overcome the pool Draymond incident or the Draymond incident probably more accurately was the fact that they thought they were going to win enough to where cooler heads could prevail and things would calm around it when you're not winning those things have a tendency to to bubble up again toward the surface he's whitey gleason i'm john dickinson 888-957-9570 what is the fix for the warriors steve kerr hinting call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Big changes could they actually change the starting lineup? We'll get into that next here on 95.7 The Game. You know, 
we got a game Monday and then we, we don't play again until Friday. So I think next week will be a great opportunity for us to get a lot of work in execution wise at both ends and work on our rotations. We're going to change up uh, the rotations a little bit. I've got an idea of what I'm going to do, but the staff will talk about it in the next couple of days. We'll solidify that. So it should be a good week for us to, to get back on track. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. And the Warriors do have to get back on track and a lot of work to be done. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week here. And so we're with you until 1 o'clock at 95.7 The Game. Thought it was interesting. That was Steve Kerr postgame last night, Whitey, addressing the changes that are coming, but also a little bit of a break in the schedule. No game tonight or tomorrow as the Warriors get off the, the five games in, in seven nights and the 0-5 road trip. They do play Sacramento Monday, but then it's three days off before a game, and then and then games come a little bit more fast and furious after that. But uh, Steve Kerr really pointing to this coming week as an opportunity to get some practice time and to make some changes to the rotation. Whitey, do the Warriors need to make a change to their starting lineup, in your estimation? I think it's on the table. I think if they do it, it'll be more to paper over uh, that drop off between the starting unit and the reserves that they that they currently suffer from, and, and, and we you know how it is. If let's just say they started Kaminga and Wiggins came off the bench, I'm not saying they would do that. Let's just say they did that. People would would overreact, but I think you may have to look at things like that as long as you can still have your best five players on the floor to close the game. Because again, you're just trying to figure out how do we how do we prevent this big drop off. Draymond said something really interesting after the Orlando loss, and he pointed out that you know we we don't normally go through this. It doesn't normally take us this long to figure out our rotation. So this is a little confusing to all of us. So to answer your question directly again, do they need to do that? I don't know that they need to do that, but it's certainly something that's got to be on the table because, again, you're just trying to make sure that you avoid that that drop-off. I mean, look at the Orlando game. They're cruising along, and then 4.59 to go, and they bring in, not to blame, but Wiseman comes in. Next thing you know, it's like, wow, Orlando's right back in this game. So that's what they have to try to avoid, however it is they, they address that with the rotation. Yeah, and it, it has been you know, too many games, Whitey, where the starters have played well and then the bench completely gives it back. And it's not even the bent, the full bench group when they're on the floor together. It's, it's hey, Wiseman comes in and then Jordan Poole comes in. And, yeah. and you're playing yeah. with three starters, and even that hasn't, hasn't you know, necessarily worked out for the Warriors. Let's go ahead and hear that Draymond cut uh, that, that you alluded to postgame after the, the Warriors lost to the Magic. Uh, losing is frustrating. You know, uh, to start a season, you're always trying to figure out rotation. You know, that's that's sometimes to be expected. I think the expectation for us, usually we we don't go through that. And so it's kind of like, oh, man, like, you know, our rotations, for the most part, we've always been able to figure them out pretty quickly. You know, so you're three and six. You, you have to look at everything. You know, that's what coaches are getting at. I'm not going to sit here and blame the guys that are coming off the bench or the coaching staff. Like, we all got to figure it out, regardless of what that is. And I think we all can improve, so just got to keep plugging away at it. All right, so keep plugging away at it. Any, anytime you mention maybe a starting lineup change, it would be completely off the table for me at this point if it's Steph, Clay, Wiggins, or Draymond. I, I think if you're talking about a starting lineup change, you're talking about Looney, and if you're talking about Looney – 
does that mean you're going to Wiseman? And Wiseman, to me, if anything, he's going in the opposite direction where he ends up not playing at all or in the G League and not playing at all for a stretch. I wonder if that's something that could be on the table. I also don't believe that the Warriors would want to mess up what has been a strong group, and that is that starting lineup. You you know what you've got there. To me, it's more mix and match with when you sub players and different combinations of, of the starters and the bench players playing together than maybe we've seen. I think we can all agree it's going to be more Kaminga, at least in the short term, yeah. as part of that. But I'm, I'm against a, a starting lineup change at this point because in many ways it's the only thing the Warriors know they can count on right now through 10 games is that five. Two players you mentioned there that we have to address, and of course Wiseman's one of them, and we've all been around and around on that. I know people think that uh, wow, everyone's blaming Wiseman, but he's not playing well, and it's not just a matter of the numbers. Uh, you, you look at the minutes he's playing, that's a good indication that he's not giving the Warriors what they need. There's also well, last this. Night, yeah. Last night is the one. that I mean, it's, it doesn't surprise me that he's playing 10 to 15 minutes a game when they have everybody, but, but last night was a full-blown right. developmental game, and he plays, what, uh, off the bench 16, 16 minutes, and, half, and it yeah. wasn't a good 16 minutes. Right, right. Um, here's what I was going to say, and I, I agree with you, but Anthony Slater touched upon this. There's a couple games this week where you had veterans showing displeasure with the way Wiseman was playing on the floor. There was one in Detroit where I think Wiseman was slow to rotate, maybe committed a foul, and Looney was uh, was literally like, come on, Wise. Uh, and then you had the game in Orlando where Steph was not happy with the way Wiseman was setting a screen. You could see he was visibly not happy with that. Wiseman rolls to the basket, doesn't get the ball, and it looked like he was put his hands up and he was unhappy he didn't get the ball. So there's more going on with Wiseman than just, hey, he needs to play more and, and find his way. Um, I I wouldn't be shocked if they started him, but I don't think that's going to happen. Again, just trying to paper over things and and avoid that drop-off and then finish with your your strongest five. I agree with you. Breaking up the starting lineup doesn't seem to be a solution, but I think they look at it real quick. Another thing, Poole is not playing well right now, and Poole is having issues with guards that are really physical with him, that are really hounding him. I, you know, Alvarado's not a big guy, but he was guarding him very tightly last night, and I think the book's out on Poole that he struggles against that kind of defense, so I think he's going to have to show other teams that he can handle that kind of defensive pressure. He's not playing well right now. He's not, and it, it seems as if he's looking to create too much rather than just Get get yours, like if that makes sense. It almost feels like he's trying too hard to facilitate for the other players that he's that he's on the floor with, and and that's can be a strong part of his game, his ability to be a creator and a playmaker. But the number one reason he's on the floor is is to look to score, and I I almost think he rather than looking to pound it, you know, get it, and if you have a play. And, and you can get a, a good shot for yourself, then do it. If you don't, then keep the ball moving and get it back in positions to where maybe you can score more more efficiently. I feel like he's just, just got the ball pounding it, pounding it, pounding it too much, and he's getting caught in between. But, yeah, that that is another one of the, the components to these first ten games for the Warriors where – we can talk about the young players, and we can talk about Wiseman. Jordan Poole got paid to be a big part of this team, and and 
we talked about it a couple weeks ago to begin the season, it doesn't mean that Jordan Poole has to ascend into all-star status or superstar status, but what it does mean is he consistently has to Whitey, be the player that, that he was last year, and to this point in the season, he hasn't done it. They are counting on the points and the playmaking and him doing it efficiently, and none of that's been there. He's also been a, a primary contributor to the bad defense so far this season. On top of that, five turnovers last night. They need a little more consistency out of him, and I think that comes with that kind of contract. So, yeah, he's working his way through some things, but that's a big part of why the Warriors have been disappointing so far this year. Let's get to Jonathan in San Francisco on the phones, 888-957-9570. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my phone call. I just want to say, man, uh, I see strong similarities between Trey and James Wiseman. You know, both looks apart, but that's not played apart. Both are high draft picks, and, you know, the, the team are counting on them, respectively, both teams. The question is, how long is the Warriors going to be patient enough or, you know, have them where they're undergoing this, you know, learning curve before they, you know, maybe try to pull the trade? Because at, at a certain point, they, they're going to look at the record and say, man, we, we're really dragging and because of this one guy or maybe a couple of guys. And the question is, uh, up, to, up to what point? Because with the, with the 49ers, it kind of, you know, unfortunately, it kind of happened, you know, organically where they had to make the switch. And they're fortunate enough that they had Jimmy right. But with the with the way the defense is, 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 is looking, man, it's, you know, and they're going for a back-to-back championship. They look like they, they need to part way with one or two of their young guys just to get a, an able body. Because like everybody's saying, man, losing GP2 and Porter and, and Bialica, um, we, we the the Warriors just lost too much on the defensive end, and this team is all about defense before you know before offense. Thank, thanks for the call. Uh, look, I don't think it's to the point, Whitey, where you need to make a trade or move off of somebody. Although I I think that is going to be the the talk show fodder uh, if the Warriors continue to lose. Like, how do they get this thing back on track? Do they have to do something drastic? To me, it's more. Are they going to just stop playing him in the short term or send him down to the G League talking about Wiseman and look to add a veteran? Like it's, you're talking about a backup center here. We're not talking about having to go get a, a superstar player. And here's the other thing. The, the worse he plays, the, the less you're going to get for him. Like I don't think the Warriors are in a position where they want to be trading James Wiseman where 100%. it looks like James Wiseman is is a disappointment at this point. So you want to make sure that, that you get his value up or at least the perception of his value up, and, and that just doesn't exist right now. You have a lot of franchise equity tied up in him right now, and to trade him now, to sell low, is a bad idea. It's just right now it's not a bad idea. I know things could get worse, but bad idea. The idea of sending him to the G League to me is fascinating. I was talking to Bonte about this. Bonte has tweeted it, and Bonte said, oh, send him to the G League. It helped Jordan Poole. I'm not sure if I send Wiseman to the G League. Uh, tell me where I'm wrong here, J.D. I'm not sure how that benefits him. I mean, he's healthy now. His Is it his confidence? I mean, his issues are defensive instincts and not fouling. And if he goes to the G League... I, I don't know that it helps him. I need him to learn to do um, what we need him to do at the NBA level. 
foul less, develop better instincts, develop a better sense of what we're doing defensively. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know that sending him to the G League really, really helps him right now. I do think it's different for a player like Jordan Poole than it is for, for somebody like yeah. Wiseman because Poole's game is suited to go down to the G League and eat. He's got the ball in his hands. He he is the immediate first option on, on a Santa Cruz team. And they pretty much said, go down there and turn yourself into a G League star, right? Ball dominant, G, because that's what we want you to be when you come back here. We want you to be a super sub scorer that can shoot it, that can be a playmaker, that can play with Steph eventually, you know, can play with Clay eventually, can play with Steph right now. And and you're going to be a dynamic guard, a sixth man that's that's an eventual starter in this league type of a guard. That's easier to accomplish in the G League. Yeah, it, for a for a big man in the G League, it's you're, you're right. You got a lot of young players there that are trying to get theirs, and it just doesn't fit in the context of like going down and letting Wiseman cook. Almost doesn't help him because he's not. Right. You don't want him to cook when he's with the big club. If anything, the Warriors have tried to simplify the game, make it easier on him, and now that's not working. Hey, you're going to get a couple of seven- to nine-minute shifts, run the floor, dunker spot, you know, try to become a better defender, and it feels like the first maybe three or four games it was working okay, even though he wasn't playing great, but since then he's just been awful, and now they're at a point where – they have the conundrum of what do you do? Do you do you not? He's already not playing a lot. Do you not play him at all? Do you send him down? We were talking earlier about do you put him in the starting lineup? To me, that would be rewarding poor play. So I don't think that necessarily works. Uh, so they they really are in a in a pickle with Wiseman. It's early in the season, but then there's also the fact that they're going to have to decide at some point whether they have to go get a backup big off the scrap heap or or somebody that's in the buyout market to try and just have another playoff playable player uh, as, as they head down the stretch of the season. You know, Dwight Howard says he wants to come here. How about that? We know years ago, yeah. years ago, Joe Lake, ah. he really coveted Dwight Howard. Ah. The thing is, anytime somebody, a coach or player says, hey, I want to go to you guys, it's almost always past any time where you would actually want that coach or player. 888-957-9570. Mel is next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Mel. Hey, guys. Uh, good morning. Um, I wanted to cite the last side out-of-bounds play in the Orlando game, and I think that the Warriors starters are a little bit playing hero ball. It was a terrible play. Uh, you had... Uh, you had uh, Ty Jerome sitting in the corner. His man peeled off onto Clay immediately. He was wide open. He's a national champ. Clay didn't even look at him, and he threw off a garbage final shot. And we're getting kind of tired of seeing that kind of play. And that's a W right there. And I think they've got to have a little more trust in the guys that they got on the floor, including, you know, fourth and fifth guy, and let him take some of the shots because they're there to make those shots and they can make them. So I think there's a little bit of hero ball. I wanted to hear your thoughts specifically on that last side out-of-bounds play. No doubt. I mean, I think Clay was having a good night, and I think he thought that was his opportunity to win one when, in his mind, he's lost him a few You know, in, in the early going of, the, of this season, Whitey. It was... 
you know, I, I I think it was. And Steph has admitted in a in a prior game that that he went with the hero ball option, in Charlotte. and it wound up yeah, and it wound up costing him in his yeah in his hometown. So I mean, I I I think you're spot on, Mel. That that's been twice this year that we've had end of the game shots taken by Clay that were not good shots. We were talking about it last week, the Denver game, and I know that one was easier to stomach because hey, they wanted to get it to Clay, and all right, it was like a thirty-two footer, but it's still Clay. But it was a bad shot. I was forced a little bit. Um, I'm glad Mel brought that up because when Clay drove baseline, and then I don't even know what shot that was, JD. Was it a runner? It was like a throw, like a 14-foot one-handed throw. It was bad. I think it speaks to where Clay is right now with his confidence and trying to show everybody, and to me, trying to show himself that I'm Clay. I'm still the man. That was not a good play there. You can understand it to a degree, given everything he's going through, but right there, that was I was just, my jaw dropped when I saw, okay, they just lost Orlando, and that was the best shot they could get with the game on the line. I went Mel, I think it speaks to Clay, and again, the things he's going through as well. To me, that was almost him feeling himself a little bit in in that particular game because that was the game that he had played yep. played his best in. So it was like, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to save this thing, and it leads to just a just a terrible shot. Uh, Xfinity Mobile text line, Whitey, couple of, to get to here uh, the five one zero to make the two timelines work. They have to mix the lineups with youngsters and veterans, such as start Kaminga over Clay. That one we're not going to see. Kaminga, I mean, again, Kaminga's a big. Like that, and I think that's where they tried to play him at the three to begin the season. So they were playing him with Jamichael Green, with James Wiseman. That was not working. And Jamichael Green essentially has been the backup four. The, the question now is does Kaminga get the backup four minutes? I think the answer to that is yes. But then the sub-question to that is, does it mean Jermichael Green doesn't play, or does it mean Jermichael Green slides over to the backup five and James Wiseman doesn't play? I think that's most likely, don't you? That makes the most sense. I'm with the caller, or excuse me, the texture, in the sense that I would look hard at mixing the lineups. and Clay to the bench is right now where Clay is. That's, that's a terrible idea. And besides, you're right, Kaminga doesn't play that position anyway. But if, if you were going to send anyone to the bench, which is unlikely, I'm more in favor of it, leaning more towards it than you are, but I agree with you, it's unlikely. Clay is the last guy. If you were going to do it, Clay is the last guy. Well, that he, wouldn't would be the last, he wouldn't be the last guy for me. In, in fact, he may be the, other than Looney, Clay would probably be the next the, the next guy that I would look at. But Steve Kerr shot it down last year. I mean, if you were going to do it, right. you could have gotten away with doing it last year. And Steve yeah. Kerr shot it down in, in a manner to where he he pretty much let everybody know that if, if you did it, you'd almost – Clay would almost be so offended by it, you might lose him. I mean, that was the tone I felt like. Like he would That's just, my point. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he has a little bit of – I don't want to say diva, but like, no, I'm a starter, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not coming off the bench for anybody. I'm Clay Thompson. That, yeah, that's why I wouldn't do it. I agree with you. Look at performances, you'd consider, wow, we're not, he's not great. But given all of that, that's the last thing I think you could afford to do. Um, I, I don't know. Um, would you, would you send Wiggins to the bench and Kuminga starting? No. I, I, get, I, I, I would look at it, but I think, as you say, this is going to be a big deal. This is a pivotal moment now, not only for Kuminga, who 
who is almost certainly going to get more minutes, but what do they do with Wiseman? Jamichael Green hasn't been great. We were calling him yesterday uh, Jamichael Green because he's been like, eh. But yeah, that would be a, a classic Warrior small ball lineup, right? Uh, but then you would really come face to face with what's going on with Wiseman. I think that makes sense, but that would be really significant if that's the way they went. The other thing to factor in the equation is that Jamichael Green and, and Kaminga have not uh, played well together in the time that they've been on the floor together. And I know that's different lineups, but, but Jamichael Green and Wiseman have not played well on the, on the floor together. So how do you fix it? And we're trying to kick around all these different ideas as to how they fix it. And the bench and the younger players, and I always tend, and this is a little bit of a unique situation with the Warriors coming off a championship and with so many future Hall of Famers and, and multi-time, four-time champions, I tend to want to look at the at, at the the star players a, a little bit more or the starting players or the top six a little bit more. Where can you get more out of that group? And really, aside from Steph and maybe Draymond, I think well, I, I, and I even throw Looney. Looney's been really solid. I think at the beginning of yep. the year, but Wiggins has been, you know, really good the first four or five. Not as good the last four or five, and then you start to look at Pool's been a disappointment to this point in in the season. And I, I think the Warrior and Clay has been up and down. I didn't think the Clay problem was really a problem, but I feel like it's gotten worse since he addressed it. And then you waste one of his best, really his best game in Orlando, you end up wasting. And now you find yourself in a position where those games are, are potentially going to be fewer, fewer and farther between. And you didn't win a game against the worst team in the East when Clay and Steph went off and hit 15 threes. I mean, that. That is something that just stuck in my head for the last 48 hours. Steph and Clay went 15 for 30 from three, and they lost to the worst team in the Eastern Conference. By giving up 130 freaking points to a team. And I know Suggs was back, but that team has struggled to score, and they're still not at full strength. Um, I was going to point out here something about Wiggins, in, in, in his defense, and, and you're right, he struggled on this road trip, especially early in the trip. He was playing early on this trip, kind of like Wiggins played early uh, times last year when people were wondering, what's wrong with Wiggins? Is he ever going to wake up? Well, last night, you know, th- th- we had Clay getting his load managed, so to speak, and Draymond and Steph. Wiggins was listed last night as out because of left foot soreness. Um, he wasn't listed as, uh, you know, DNP load management. So perhaps that explains why he struggled a little bit. Maybe not. You know, it is in basketball. Oh, yeah, we'll say he has a bad back. I don't know. But Wiggins may be struggling a little bit with uh, some soreness in his left foot. That might explain why he's been a little up and down this year. And he's, he's had some games where he hasn't looked like uh, playoff Wiggins did. He, and he's been fine. It just it, It's not that he's necessarily been bad, but when you're looking at, at who can bring more right I think Wiggins can be can be better I think Clay can be better I think Jordan Poole can be better so so essentially three of that top six can be better and that can can offset some of the the other issues if you're getting a higher level of play but it but it also puts the Warriors in a position where this thing is fragile and and I'll tell you why coming back to begin hour number two uh, 888-957-9570, phone lines open, text line open. Uh, why the Warriors have, have set themselves up to be in a, in a difficult spot here and the danger 
uh, that that could lie ahead as they sit at three and seven. We'll get into that coming up next here on ninety five seven The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.